Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons podcast. Neats, I pinched a nerve in my neck earlier today, but that still wasn't as painful as watching that third quarter. What did you think? It was pretty appalling, wasn't it, Kiz? I mean, they just kept kicking goal after goal after goal and we had no answer for any of it. Yeah, it is terrible. And look, the first half was pretty good, I would say. We seemed to be getting on top. Um, it is I mean, a tight game. it was still game. tight, yeah. It was but a tight game. At least game. there was real pressure. But then basically they were just waltzing out of there. Um, they were just waltzing from one end of the ground to the other, really. And even when we got the ball inside 50, it was just our forward entry, forward 50 entries looked pathetic, to be honest. Oh, it is a bit old Melbourne. And to be honest, what re-watching some of the plays, you see a number of our midfielders just jogging. You know, not even making a pretense of trying to keep up with the Bulldogs players, which maybe you'd understand during the frenzy of four games in a few few weeks. But we had, a, I think, a seven or eight day break this time around. So it's hard to understand what happened. No, I think that's right. And I think one of the big um, calls of this week is whether or not Simon Goodwin should be blamed for this performance, because there was a lot of commentary about how he was completely outcoached in the third quarter, which I do agree with. But you know, my bigger issue, to be honest, is the fact that I think our midfield is, I think they're kind of downhill skiers. I mean, as much as everyone wants to talk about how great um, a season Christian Petrarca has had, Jack Viney's obviously had a good season, Oliver has had some bad games, but has generally been pretty solid, and Gus has been getting back into form. I mean, ultimately, except for Viney, they are not good two-way runners. They do not put pressure on. There is no danger of them laying a tackle when we're getting when teams are getting a run on against us. And honestly, despite with those names, we should have the best midfield in the competition in some ways. But our midfield is still quite pedestrian, I would say, and is often um, you know shown up in comparison to the better teams. Yeah, it is very frustrating. I mean, look, I, I don't want to extrapolate too much from one game because a lot of teams have had some had some shockers but yeah it's just pathetic watching watching their effort and look it's interesting that you don't necessarily fully blame Goodwin for this I mean my frustration is and I think as we called for and so many supporters called for why wouldn't you tag a player like Bontempelli I mean you know the Bulldogs really only have so many players that can really hurt you Um, surely you want to put someone like Harms on him Right. Yeah, I think so, especially when his kicking is just sublime and, and honestly some of his efforts were just exquisite. And I think that that was definitely poor coaching from Goodwin, but you can't escape the fact that this midfield – they do not run both ways. That's just a fact. There's a reason how whenever we look like we're losing terribly, the only person who looks like they're our only player is Jack Viney because the rest of the midfield are lazy. Yeah. I Look, I think Viney did have a pretty good game, ultimately. I think he had 24 possessions and maybe 12 contested. But yeah, the rest of the midfield just, just didn't show up. Even Clayton Oliver, you know, he's usually pretty decent at that, didn't show up. Petrarca, I think, was focused too much on the attacking side of the game. And obviously, we need that. But he was just jogging after Bontempelli. Jeez, it didn't no look No accountability. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's just a brain fade, right? In 20-odd minutes, and that's might be the season gone, you know, which is so disappointing. In one, in one quarter, they may have very well blown up the season, which is insane to think about. Yeah. But look, so my call for this week is that we need to drop, drop James Harms. And look, he got 12 possessions this week. He's been averaging 15 all year. Now, obviously, his disposal total is going to be lower given he's been playing in defense. But what is he adding? And, you know, fully appreciate that we're not at the games and maybe his 
positioning or something is good, but it's not like he's giving us some great drive from half back. No, I think he just looks completely lost, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, and he has I think all year. He has all year. The place where he found where he was most found was when he was playing as a tagger. Yeah. But we seem to have ditched that role right. for him. But I honestly So that would still be option A for me, playing him as a tagger. I but it agree. seems like the coaches don't want to do that. They right. think it's it screws the midfield rotations or whatever. But he just looks like a shadow of himself, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, but what made you smile this week, Kieran? Um, look, it's tricky to find too much, but I would say Tomlinson. And re- you love Tomlinson as well. Well, yeah, exactly. Regular listeners know that um, I haven't been a huge fan of the Tomlinson trade, but credit where credit's due. I thought he was pretty solid as a third defender. Um, one of our listeners, um, Mark, pointed out that even though his disposal tally might not be too great, he has been useful in defense. And I think that kind of showed itself in this game. I mean, he had 14 touches at 100% efficiency. Um, but even just putting aside the stats, he just looked pretty composed. Frankly, he looked more composed than Lever to me. Um, and, you know, I don't think his, his man really did all that much. There was one goal that English kicked on Tomlinson. But for the most part, I think we were really getting skewered by Mitch Wallace and some of the other players. So, yeah, for me, Tomlinson, I'd say. What about you, Nitz? <laughs> Um, I would say the back line. I thought May and Lever looked all right together, and that made me smile. I mean, I don't think that it was their fault entirely that we got that, that the dog got this massive roll on. I just think that we were getting smashed in the midfield mostly. As you can probably tell, my beef this week is with the midfield. But yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think May in particular, I mean, coming up against a red hot, red hot Norton. He looked great. Uh, he looked great. Yeah. He, he's just shown so much versatility. He really has. I'm, yeah. And I've been very critical of the May trade specifically because of what we lost, which was Ben King or the opportunity to get Ben King. But no, May is, May is starting to hold up his end of the bargain. So it's just about the rest of the team coming on board, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, I know you're pro the back line. I was very disappointed by our inability to shut down Mitch Wallace. And look, he's a very handy player, but... He was Four getting a, goals is a bit much for Mitch Wallace. It's a bit much. And he was getting a lot of space, you know. And there was times when Harms was on him. There's times when Hibbard was on him. But nothing looked convincing. And it just does make you wonder, like, should Neville Jetta be back in the team, you know? Yeah. To be fair, though, some of the service I thought to Mitch Wallace was really excellent, specifically from Bontempelli. Hmm. Um, like, one of his kicks from the boundary line backing board was just awesome. It was sublime. And so... You know, some of the I thought some of their service was excellent to Mitch Wallace. So again, like, do you blame that on the midfield or do you blame that on you know Mitch Hibbard, Mitch Hibbard, Michael Hibbard rather? Yeah, sure. Well, hard to say, but Neats, the game against St Kilda. Now, to me, our final chances completely come down to this game. Definitely. Like, I mean, in it the- always comes down to Melbourne St Kilda, really. Right, and look, in theory, we could lose this game and then beat. Sydney, Fremantle, Essendon, GWS, and make it. Sure. I just have a feeling if we lose this game, we'll drop at least one of those games. But if we win, which would, it's not impossible. It's definitely not impossible. I think we could, we will make finals. So, yeah, what are you thinking? Look, I, I, I'm hopeful. I think we might win. I, I'm like, it's a very 50-50 game, though, and I think that... 50-50. Well, it's actually generous, not 50-50. Yeah. It's probably like 70-30, but this is... I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Okay. Um, I think that, what do you look, base the hope on? Well, nothing but the fact that they just need to win this game. You know, the Saints don't need this as much as we do, but I'm not sure if that's anything to base that base this hope on. Yeah, and look, I mean, the Saints, I don't think on paper at least, have that great a midfield. Um, I mean, Jack Steele's been their best player this year. He's obviously pretty good. Um, and then they've got a lot of players rotating through, like uh, Seb Ross and... Um, 
Zach Jones and Bradley Hill and all these players. I think they're handy, but our, our midfield can match it, particularly if well, Gorn is back. It should be a lot better than theirs, let's be yeah. honest here. But I just think they're very speedy, you know. And they well, always- Bradley Hill's looking – yeah, he's starting to look better. And yeah. I think that Butler. Butler worries me. And then there's obviously Dean Kent, who we love, was yeah. always a fan favourite. And then King. I'm sad Max we King lost King is looking Kent. great. I know. I'm so sad we lost Dean Kent yeah. as well. Yeah, King does look handy. But I think May, May should give him a bath, you know. Like, May is a real veteran defender. He's he's played – he's beaten better players than King at yeah, this stage. Yeah, but to be fair, King gave Michael Hurley a bath. Like, it's, you know – I mean, King's yeah. a gun. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the ins? So, I mean, clearly Gorn has to come back in if he's fit. I mean, Prusy wasn't too bad. I don't think Juicy Prusy was that bad last week. True. But, I mean, a lot of the game he was playing on Dunkley in the ruck. So – the expectations were, you know, pretty high. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think he showed a bit, but I would drop him for Gorn if that happens. And then do you think Lockhart keeps his place? I mean, I haven't thought that Lockhart is safe for the whole year, so I wouldn't think so now, but they seem to keep playing him. So what do I know? Yeah. Um, and then there's Vandenberg. And then there's Vandenberg, you know, who is a little bit better this week, but he's our perennial whipping boy for now. Um, I mean, Jones was a late withdrawal, so they might bring him in. Uh, Hannon didn't do a huge amount, though it's hard to really blame Hannon, given that, you know, he only found out he was playing 15 minutes before the game. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, what's your prediction, Nitz? I think we'll get up. I think we'll get up by 20 points. Huh. This is pure optimism, and this is just unbridled optimism for no reason. It's very rosy. Um, I think that we will get up too, and I can't really give a good reason why. I just think it would be very Melbourne to lose the Bulldogs game and then out of nowhere pull out the St Kilda game. But then lose to like the Swans And then lose to, or Fremantle. Or Fremantle. Some team that's like, you know, just when they give you a little bit of hope, just when you have none, and then they take it away from you. So that feels very Melbourne. That does feel very very Melbourne. Um, Okay. Well, thank you for joining this uh, kind of compressed, slightly depressed um, post-Western Bulldogs podcast. We'll be back uh, next week after the uh, St Kilda game, which should be massive. Uh, Please join the Facebook group, the Melbourne Demons fan community. Um, And yeah, leave us a rating if you get a chance. But until next week, go Dees. Go Dees. Go Dees.